Oh, my God. 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday Erev Shabbos and how amazing it is to start this Friday Erev Shabbos JM in the AM with the incredible news that has been getting around and that's been uh, that's being celebrated by so many uh, really around the world at this point because that's the way these things work these days. Mazal Tov. We have amazing news and incredible news to share with everyone. Mazal Tov to Yonina Siegel, our wonderful daughter who is, as of last night, engaged to uh, Eitan Zuckerman of Chicago, Illinois, and, of course, the entire Siegel family and the entire extended Weintraub family and, of course, the entire extended the Zuckerman family and specifically Lavi and Rachel Zuckerman of Chicago, Illinois, and their family. We say mazal tov from all of us here at JM and the AM. So, yes, it is incredible to share with this audience yet another amazing family, Simcha Baruch Hashem, and uh, to Yonina and Eitan, we say Mazal Tov. And uh, it was just a beautiful engagement celebration last evening. Um, and uh, Baruch Hashem, we are so thankful that we have gotten to this point And we are celebrating yet another Simcha with our incredible JM in the AM, Nachum Siegel Network audience. Plenty coming up. It's Friday after all. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to JM in the AM.
Dodi done by uh, Eitan Katz, of course, on a Friday morning. Erev Shabbos here at JM in the AM. Uh, Yaakov Shweki's boss Shabbos. You heard uh, Regesh, of course, Modani opening things up, as you would suspect here on a JM in the AM Friday. Uh, well, I mentioned earlier uh, that we are celebrating and enjoying a um, major Mazel Tov on the engagement of Yonina Siegel. And Eitan Zuckerman. Eitan is from Chicago. He is the son of uh, Rachel and um, and Lavi Zuckerman of Chicago, Illinois. And uh, they met a few months ago. And last night he proposed. And last night we had the opportunity to have a full-blown engagement celebration. Baruch Hashem. And as always, it's great to share this news and all this great simcha with this amazing audience here at JM in the AM. So I wanted to point out those who are early app commenters. Uh, Judy Landy, Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov. May you, Nachum, and Stacey be Zohar, many, many more simchas. Thank you for that. Thank you so much. And uh, Fagy and Mendel at the Kitchen Click. Saw a lot of wonderful friends last night, a lot of wonderful friends. And when they walked in, it was thrilling. It was really thrilling. 
Uh, Mazel Tov, they write. It was so nice meeting everyone and celebrating. May you enjoy Nachas from Yonina and Eitan and all the Seagull children. Uh, thank you for that. Bezrat Hashem, we will continue to enjoy the incredible Nachas that they all give us. Baruch Hashem. Um, feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nachum Single Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. It is Erev Shabbos, 1st of July. Yeah. If you would have seen the traffic in the midnight hour this morning you would realize that a lot of people were uh, using the late-night hours to escape and start their 4th of July weekend. It's the 1st of July, day two in the month of Tammuz. Tonight, the yard side of the Lubavitcher Rebbe. Erev Shabbos Parsha's Korach, for those of us who are in the diaspora, we're reading Korach this week, candlelighting at 8.11 officially, 8.11 candlelighting in New York. A lot of synagogues begin earlier. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Big weekend, and all of our great programming, of course, is on. I wanted to note, number one, that Matis is going to be celebrating JM Sunday, number 500, this Sunday morning. Matis will be celebrating JM Sunday, number 500, this Sunday morning. That's eight years or more. And uh, we want to thank him and wish him the very best as he continues on this uh, amazing Sunday mission. Really is incredible that he's doing this consistently. 99 out of 100 shows are live. Maybe even more. Maybe 99 and a half out of 100 out of every 100 are live, which is incredible. And then Mayor Ferdig, and we saw Hani and Mayor last night. So great for them to come and celebrate with us. Um, Mayor Ferdig is sitting in on Monday. Mayor Ferdig with a 4th of July edition of JM and the AM this coming Monday. And um, looking forward. First of all, I thank him for the day off, which is always helpful. And I thank him for sitting in. So Yonina Siegel and Eitan Zuckerman are a recently engaged couple. A special mazel tov to my darling wife, Stacy. A special mazel tov to my in-laws, the grandparents of the Kala, the Weintraubs, Gail and Itzy Weintraub of New York City. A special mazel tov to the extended Weintraub and Markowitz families and Siegel families, of course. A special Mazda of the Zuckermans in Chicago, Rachel and um, and Lavi Zuckerman, who I believe are about to get on a plane and head back to Chicago after last night's celebration. So assuming, please God, no cancellations or delays, they're going to be back in Chicago for Shabbos. So if you're in Chicago for Shabbos, make sure to wish them a Mazel Tov. And to their extended family, the Zuckerman family, we say Mazel Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. So just a, a, a wonderful and incredible time. Those of you who have had this opportunity uh, to celebrate the engagement of a child, of a daughter, uh, you know exactly how in- exhilarating a feeling it is. And uh, Baruch Hashem, we are looking forward to celebrating at the wedding and um, and looking forward to this couple building a bias neman b'Yisrael, a true um, a true a pillar of Jewish continuity, which would make their parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, and all prior generations so proud. Um, Dr. Moshe says, Mazel Tov, we're Lanzmann. I have eight grandchildren in Chicago. Hope you can catch up. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, this is really, as one of my cousins from Chicago pointed out in one of the big Siegel family groups, this is really um, reigniting um, our relationship with Chicago. It's been a long time I've anything to do with Chicago. Although I will give a special shout out to my friend Alan Saucher, who I hope is listening right now. Um, 
but um but yeah it, it's been a long time since uh because we have so many relatives from chicago we haven't been there in a long time so this will in fact uh reconnect us to the windy city just like yonina has been reconnected over the last or connected over the last few weeks uh to the windy city before march i don't know if she even had ever been there before so that's really cool um Listener Klein says, out of tatters are the best. Mazel tov, may the simchas continue. There is something there is something about that out of towner, I'll tell you. There is something about the out of towner. No question about it. Um and I thank you so much for the Mazlov wish. Listener Moshe says, Mazlov, Mazlov, Nahum, Stacy, and both families, please. Oh yes. Uh listener Moshe, on the other end of things, on the on the sad news uh, uh, end of uh, of things, uh, it reminds us that Dr. Zelenko passed away yesterday, and my gosh, I didn't realize how young he was. A victim of cancer and somebody who, as we know from the headlines and the stories, was very, very helpful to so many people. How many families are indebted to him for the way that he uh, treated, medically treated, those who were suffering from COVID, especially early on? So we remember Dr. Zelenko with tremendous fondness and thanks feel free to comment on the app go to the nsn Nahum single network app for android and iphone and comment away again mazal tov as we are celebrating yonina siegel and Eitan zuckerman a uh, just a, a wonderful feeling it was uh, great having the big celebration last night and those of you out there who are uh, who are longtime listeners Yes, you probably remember the day Yonina was born. And yes, you may even remember an announcement about her bat mitzvah. Well, now she's engaged and time does fly. By the way, I got to give a uh, I got to give a special shout out. There were a lot of listeners there last night. A lot of meaning listeners slash supporters slash, you know, fr- people who've become friends over the years. A lot of people were there last night. I got to give a special shout out to listener Sina. And I'm not going to tell you why. because She'll probably be upset at me if I tell you why. I'm giving a special shout out to listener Cena, who takes her friendships very seriously, too seriously as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> she makes the rest of us look bad, frankly. <laughs> but listener Cena, thank you, thank you, and to all the listeners who were there. Uh, again, if you were a listener there last night, obviously you're somebody who now feels connected to our family after all these years, which is so great. And I thank you so much for being there. Uh, Arnie says, Darla Dar, so exciting to all the families with this simcha. Thank you. I appreciate that very much. It is an amazing feeling. Baruch Hashem. More coming up. You're listening to a JMM. Here's a Joey Newcomb's new Ojishama for the young couple on a Friday morning broadcast at JM in the AM. <laughs>
Ladies and gentlemen, your main course is now being served. How wire steaks over there, huh? Let me get something for the band. in the AM. That's Akol Milmala and that's Simcha Liner here at JM in the AM. Uh, well, one of the um, one of the amazing things... Oh, I gotta look here. I'm, I'm, lo- I'm already losing track of, uh, <laughs> of what we've been doing musically as I try to continue to uh, host the playlist. Um, we did Od Yashama. That was uh, Joey Newcomb and you just heard Milmala uh, done by Simcha Liner here at JM in the AM. So there are a lot of great moments last night, as you can imagine. I've, I've described some of them already. Um, again, big shout-out to listener Cena. A lot of great moments and a lot of wonderful people gathered last night for the engagement of Yonina and Eitan. Yonina Siegel and Eitan Zuckerman. And um, one of the greatest moments last night, one of the greatest moments, and I think multiple people would agree with me on this, was when Toby and Avrami walked in. They are here. 
Oh, I hope I'm. I hope I hope they don't mind that I'm revealing this. Uh, they're here, and the timing couldn't have been better in terms of when they landed here in the United States, and um, gave us an opportunity to to tell certain people the incredible dedication that Toby and Avrami have to this network. It's not just Avrami who does all the work. It's Toby who just you know puts up with a lot and encourages Avrami all the time. They're an amazing couple. It was so wonderful that they're visiting the United States from our uh, headquarters in Beit Shemesh, where they're usually presiding over things. And it was just great to see them last evening. And to enjoy Cholent and Kugel with Avrami on a Thursday night, or on a Thursday in general, is fantastic. Just fantastic. And we enjoyed a great Cholent and Kugel last night. I actually thought of that. When the menu came in, there was Kugel on the menu, but no Cholent. And I said... Swap something else out. You got to put Cholent in here. It's Thursday night and everyone's, you know, in the mood and in the mode. Anyway, uh, Avrami obviously is up early. Uh, okay, I'll say no big deal because, you know, I got two hours of sleep, but <laughs> Avrami's up very early taking care of things already and also probably considering how he'll have to be up early on the 4th of July to uh, make sure that Mayor Fertig is on from his studio this coming Monday. And tomorrow night, he has Saturday Night Siegel after Shabbos with Rabbi Eliezer's Wickler. And he'll be celebrating with Matis as well, uh, the 500th JM Sunday this coming Sunday. So Avram, thank you. And to have you part of the Simcha last night was really special, to say the least. Um, a lot of people are commenting on the app, and I thank you. Jeff Schilling says, Mazda to you and Stacy, not to jump ahead, but wishing you many grandchildren. Thank you. That's a nice wish. Listener Tikva says, Mazel Tov. And I just heard from listener Tamar, who listener Tikva knows very well, with a nice Mazel Tov wish as well. Um, Ahava says, if, I, if this is the Ahava I think it is, then this is going to be a profound message that I could tell you. She says, Mazel Tov, much nachas and bracha from your new couple. Having benefited personally from the Siegel hospitality and as part of so very many who benefit from almost ever-present source of simcha for all of Klai Yisrael, a super well-deserved Mazel Tov. Yes, it is the one and only Ahava Aaron Price. Thank you, Mrs. Aaron Price. You mean a lot to us, and I appreciate that very, very much. JM in the AM, Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. As we celebrate a wonderful Simcha Baruch Hashem. Uh, let's see. Let's check out some of the weather out there. First of all, we are getting to a high of 94 here in our Teaneck, New Jersey studio. 94, mostly sunny and increasing clouds with some scattered thunderstorms this afternoon. Scattered thunderstorms developing late tonight. Uh, and then uh, scattered thunderstorms for Shabbos, a high of 88 tomorrow. Uh, so that's the situation here in Teaneck. Um, in. Um, in Yerushalayim, 81 degrees. Up in Guilford, New York, our friends at Camp Misora. We saw a couple of our friends from Camp Misora last night. That was a nice surprise. Our friends from Camp Misora enjoying the second full day of camp. The second full day of camp with 58 degrees. And uh, as we said, Teaneck at 68 right now with Manhattan at 73 on a Friday morning. Erev Shabbos at JMA. Malcolm Holmline saw Malcolm last night with his wonderful wife, Frady. They were there to celebrate as well. Uh, they will join us, or I should say he will join us for the weekly update at 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time here at JM in the AM. Um, it's the 1st of July, the 2nd of Tammuz, and candlelighting on this Erev Shabbos Parsha's Korach, Korach outside of Israel. 
Uh, candle lighting at 8.11. 8.11 is candle lighting time officially. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Mayor Fertig on Monday on Independence Day. And Amatis with the 500th edition of JM Sunday coming up Sunday starting at 7 a.m. Eastern time. Right here at uh, the Nahum Siegel Network. <sighs> Pretty amazing. The uh, Everyone's jealous of Matis's consistency. The 500 is a great number. It is a great number. But the fact that he is live and presenting that show on a Sunday 99.9% of the time is fantastic. I hope I have the opportunity to call in Sunday morning um, and speak with him about it. Listener Morris says, Stacey and Achim Mazdav to you, and of course, Yonina and Eitan. It's so nice seeing all of you in such a beautiful simcha. Shabbat shalom to all. Thank you, Morris. Yeah, it was amazing to see you. And um, like I said, there, there are listeners to this broadcast who have become supporters and then quickly became friends, and uh, it was great to celebrate with so many of them last night. It was really nice. And there's some friends of ours that um, came last night who we know for, at this point, 35, 40, in some cases, 45 years. In some cases, close to 50 years. And there's no ties like old ties. And it was great to celebrate with them, to say the least. RJ2 is next. It's Friday. It's Erev Shabbos. It's JM in the AM.
every time I fall, I get.
השם, נבילה ונשמחה בשמחה נודה לקל, ונשאיר בקול תודה לב מלא באהבה, ומלא אנרגיה סוף סוף, הנה זה קורה, אז בוא נשאיר את המנגינה.
Azak done by Gavriel Pelkovitz here at JM in the AM off the Miracles album. Yoni Z had Miss Siba, the Nigun done by the Solomon Brothers. Mordechai Shapiro's Get Back Up Again. Benny Friedman had Yama, and it's a JM in the AM Friday in America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio. Rather on the web at AlchemSingle.com and the AlchemSingle Network, and of course, any beloved NSN app. Golly, it's all in the background. Do our news from Israel coming up? I want to thank those who have been commenting on the app. Mazal Tov, Yonina Siegel, and Eitan Zuckerman. They are a recently engaged couple. We've been celebrating for the last uh, 12 hours or so. And uh, we say Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM and a special Mazal Tov to Chicago, Illinois, and the extended Zuckerman family, and of course uh, to Rachel and Lavi Zuckerman. Uh, it was great that they were not, not only were they there last night, which was wonderful, they had uh, a couple of their kids in addition to Eitan who were there, which was great. So we say Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Candle lighting in New York, 811 on this era of Shabbos, 1st of July, the 2nd of uh, Tammuz. Matis is 500th JM Sunday, this coming Sunday, pretty amazing. Monday, Mayor Furtick sits in on the 4th of July. Thank you, Mayor. Much appreciated, to say the least. Galaital, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Friday is next. We say Boker Tov from Jam and the Am. חשד לרצח בכפר הדרוזי בית ג'אן, שני בני אדם נורו בצהריים בעת שישבו במכוניתם. צוות מגן דוד אדום קבע את מותו של גבר כבן 40, גבר נוסף כבן 50, נפצע קשה מאוד לאחר שנורא בראשו. הוא פונה למרכז הרפואי לגליל כשהוא מורדם ומנשם. כתבנו קובי מנדל מוסר כי הנרצח הוא אחיו של מי ששימש בעבר בתפקיד בכיר במועצת בית ג'אן. בית משפט השלום בנצרת שחרר למעצר בית של שבוע את שלוש המטפלות החשודות בהתעללות בפעוטות במעון בחבל התענך. השופט קבע כי יש ראיות לכאורה לתקיפת הפעוטות נוכחת תעודים, אך לא להתעללות. עוד ציין כי המשטרה תוכל לעצור מחדש את המטפלות אם אכן תימצאנה ראיות להתעללות. הרשות הפלסטינית וחמאס משתמשות בעינויים נגד משת... מתנגדי המשטר, כך טוען ארגון זכויות האדם Human Rights Watch. הארגון קרא למדינות התורמות להפסיק את מימון כוחות הביטחון הפלסטיניים והפציר בבית הדין הפלילי הבינלאומי לפתוח בחקירה. על פי הדיווח בסוכנות הידיעות Associated Press, התעללות שיטתית מצד הרשות הפלסטינית וחמאס מהווה חלק מרכזי בדיכוי העם הפלסטיני. הדוח מגיע שנה אחרי מותו של ניזר בנת, שאנשי ביטחון היכו אותו בעלות מתכת וגרמו למותו, ובעקבות כך פרצו מהומות בשטחי הרשות. ראש סוכנות הגרעין של איראן, מוחמד איסלאמי, אמר הבוקר כי בשיחות בדוחה עלה שוב עניין התיקים הפתוחים, שאריות אורניום מועשר בשלושה אתרים לא מוצרים. סעיף שלטענתו סוכם בין הצדדים ונסגר. פרשננו לענייני צבא וביטחון אמיר בר שלום אומר כי דברי איסלאמים מחזקים דברים שאמר הבוקר גורם בכיר במערב לסוכנות הידיעות רויטרס כי הסיכוי להסכם אחרי סבב השיחות בקטאר קטן מאוד. מרוץ האופניים היוקרתי, הטור דה פרנס, חוזר אחרי שנתיים הפסקה בעקבות הקורונה ויוזנק היום מקופנהגן שבדנמרק. קבוצת האופניים הישראלית ישראל פרימייר טק 
השתתף בתחרות עם הרוכב הישראלי גיא ניב, שהוזנק ברגע האחרון למרוץ בעקבות מקרי קורונה בקבוצה. כתב חדשות הספורט בר פלג מזכיר שכריס פרום, הרוכב הבריטי שזכה ארבע פעמים בטור דה פראנס, יזנק גם הוא במדי הקבוצה הישראלית. ומזג האוויר בהיר ללא שינוי ניכר בטמפרטורות. אלה החדשות.
By request, Yehuda Greens owed Yeshama, dedicating that to Yonina and Eitan, of course, as we celebrate Yonina Siegel and Eitan Zuckerman and their recent engagement. Just happened last night. I want to thank everybody for the Mazel Tov wishes. Mazel Tov to uh, Stacy. Mazel Tov to um, Rachel and Lavi Zuckerman of Chicago, Illinois. Mazel Tov to the extended Siegel, Weintraub, Markowitz family. Mazel Tov to the extended Zuckerman family. A special Mazel Tov to my in-laws grandparents of the Kala, uh, Gail and Itzy Weintraub, who are celebrating, were with us last night to witness uh, generations celebrating together. It was really beautiful, really wonderful. Baruch Hashem. A lot to be thankful for, to say the least. A lot to be thankful for. Uh, Yitzchak in Kemp Mill, Maryland, says Mazel Tov. Thank you, Yitzchak. Listener Yaakov says Mazel Tov, the entire Gansa Zuckerman Mishbacha. <laughs> Only Simchus. Thank you, Yaakov. Schwiger has checked in. Now, remember, we did a special tribute to listener Cena this morning. She's outdoing all of us in terms of uh, acts of friendship. She's making us all look terrible. Terrible. <laughs> listener Cena, what a, uh, what a wonderful and incredible time we had celebrating with you. She writes, Schwiger writes, Mazdav Nachum and Stacy, Onina and Eitan, and the entire Siegel and Zuckerman families. Wow, wow, wow. What a simcha. Nachum and Stacy, you make everyone feel like they are your closest family. It was amazing to be able to share the joy with you in person. May we continue sharing in the joy and nachas of our families. Smachot ad meyave esrim. Yes. Amen to that, as we say. D. Klein says, Boker Tov Nachum, one of your longtime listeners in the West Orange carpool days of WFMU, Evan Klein, is getting married this Sunday to Gabriella Stein. To the Klein and Stein families, and specifically to Evan and Gabriella, we say Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Mazal Tov to Heshi Lowy, his 40th birthday is upcoming. He told me he'll let me know exactly when the celebration is, and I'm certainly looking forward to that. Um, so we've got a lot of simplest to announce this morning. Thank God. Norman Gilden is out there. Norman, I thank you. He is somebody who has never stopped appreciating the inspiration that people get from this program. And I thank him for that. Norman says, as the Mazel Tovs cascade in and deservedly so, I wish you, Stacy, and the whole family, Mazel Tov Harbei Nachat Lachem. Thank you very much, Norman. Wonderful to know that you are out there, tuned in, enjoying the program, and that you're still part of the Siegel family. That is um, a wonderful throwback to the days when we were in regular touch with Norman here at this broadcast. <clears throat> JM in the AM, Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of major American Jewish organizations is going to be joining us, 7.40 a.m. Eastern time for the weekly update. So get ready for that. Um, Rabbi Yudin, of course, later on in the 8 o'clock hour. So Avrami and I had trouble finding uh, this week's edition of Harry Rothenberg's uh, Torah portion. It is possible that um, there was either a technical problem or maybe... Just a week off, not exactly sure. Anyway, Avrami, as he uh, boldly suggested, made sure that we would um, have a piece of Harry Rothenberg's past with us this morning. In other words, 
Uh, Harry is going to address us regarding Parshas Korach, and this comes from his archives regarding Parshas Korach. There you go. Uh, Harry Rothenberg, Parshas Korach, on a Friday morning Erev Shabbos at JM in the AM. Give a begrudging apology. You got to give a sincere apology. I'll go somewhere between begrudging and sincere. Somewhere I'll between. Go. Where between? I'll straddle the line. What kind of line? It's not completely sincere and it's not completely begrudging. In a painful sequence to read, at the beginning of this week's Torah portion, Korach and his cronies challenge Moshe's leadership. Not surprisingly, two of Korach's comrades are Dussan and Aviram, Moshe's longtime antagonists. Moshe tries reasoning with Korach, but he gets nowhere. And then he sends out an olive branch. He sends a message out to Dustin and Aviram, a message of appeasement, of apology, words of peace. Right there on the spot, Rashi comments and says, from here we see that you should not continue a machlokas. You shouldn't continue a fight. I heard an explanation of this comment of Rashi that I think is a game changer for any of us who have ever been in, or worse, are currently in a fight or an argument with someone else. And here it is. Rashi seemingly could and should have waited a couple passages for that comment. He should have waited for a response from Dustin and Aviram. They don't just reject Moshe's olive branch, they rip it up. They respond outrageously, obnoxiously, and Moshe doesn't take the bait. He doesn't respond to them. That's where Rashi should have said, you see, Moshe didn't respond. From here we see, you don't continue an argument. But that's not where he put his comments. You ready for this? Fasten your seatbelts. He put his comment here to tell us that even if you are as right as Moshe, you're so right that God is on your side. And even if the person you're arguing with is as wrong as Dustin and Aviram, God's gonna make a miracle and have the earth swallow them up. Doesn't matter. If you, Mr. or Ms. 100% right, don't take the initiative, don't go out and apologize, you, me, we are continuing an argument, continuing a machlokas. Two people with whom I'm very close recently were in a very, very bitter fight. They stopped speaking to each other. And I heard about it, heard the details. I didn't want to hear the details, but I decided that because I was close to both of them, maybe I could try to mediate, try to bring them closer. So I went to the person who I thought was right from what I had heard, spoke to them and said, I heard what happened, you have to apologize. And they said, respectfully, I think you have lost your mind because I'm right. And I said, let me tell you something. Usually when there's an argument, there's a whole lot of gray. It's not black and white. On this one, you may well have convinced me. It does seem black and white, not a whole lot of gray. You are right. And you have to apologize. They said, what are you talking about? So I shared with them this comment of Rashi and the explanation. I said, look, you're no more right than Moshe was. And they're certainly not as wrong as Dustin and Aviram. And yet you see, Moshe took the initiative went out with an apology, went out to appease, you've got to do the same thing. And they said, let me think about it. I'll sleep on it. The next day, I got a text from the person I had spoken to the evening before saying, I took your advice. It wasn't easy. I called the other person and I apologized. And we made up and we're speaking again. Thank you very much. And I got to tell you, 
I did the happy dance. So yeah, you're in an argument. And I'm talking to myself. Next time I'm in an argument, I hope it won't happen. But inevitably, you have a tiff every now and then. And you're right. I'm right. We're right. And the other person's wrong. We're as right as Moshe. They're as wrong as Dustin and Aviram. We, the people in the right, have to apologize. So go out and do that. Pick up the phone. Send out that olive branch. I know you're right. Now go apologize. Sincerely. Not half-heartedly. Not begrudgingly. So, this is me apologizing. It's about as sorry as I can get. That's it? No good. No good. Too begrudging? Very begrudging. Thank you. 
Great brand new song called New Day by Shalshelis Jr. off their volume number four. That is a great selection. That is a great selection. New Day. Before that, the Chuppa song off Shalshelis Jr. volume number four here at the JM and the AM. Um, well, those of you who are... Um, there we go. Those of you who are... Strange. Five, seven, eight, two. There we go. Those of you who are just tuning in, we have great news to share with everybody, and that is that uh, last night, the engagement and celebration of um, Yonina Siegel and Eitan Zuckerman took place. Mazal tov again to uh, the entire Siegel, Weintraub, Markowitz family. Mazal tov to uh, Lavi and Rachel Zuckerman out in Chicago. And their extended family, we are celebrating Yonina and Eitan's very, very recent engagement. <laughs> it just happened about 
Oh, I don't know, about 13 hours ago, something like that. So we say mazal tov from all of us here at JMM and Baruch Hashem. We're able to celebrate, and um, it was just a it was just a wonderful night, just a wonderful night. And um, feel free to comment on the app. I want to thank those who have been commenting on the app and have sent over some beautiful mazal tov wishes through the app. Thank you, thank you. No joke, thank you. Really a uh, tremendous outpouring and, and very much appreciated. Um, so thank you for that from all of us here at JM and the AM. Yeah, a little bit tired, a little bit tired <laughs> and, and uh, not much sleep. But uh, boy, when you're wiped out from circumstances like this, there's no better feeling. Just fantastic. JM and the AM, Malcolm Holine is going to join us. He's executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He will join us uh, coming up here at JM in the AM at about 7.40 a.m. Eastern time for the weekly update. Rabbi Yudin, of course, at 8.15. Uh, listener Nachum says, Nachum and Stacy Malastov, the Hassan and Kala, may they build a bias. Nema Bistrol, you should have lots and lots of Nachas. Thank you for that. Yeah, it's great to celebrate with everybody out there. The listeners of this show for decades have been a part of our family and have really celebrated with us so many incredible occasions and today's no exception i thank you for that i really do i thank you very much for that it's a uh, it's a wonderful feeling to celebrate with everybody um where are we here boy you look for a specific song candle lighting by the way 811 in new york 811 candle lighting in new york <clears throat> uh, candlelighting 811 in New York. <clears throat> Excuse me. I believe, let me just check. I believe um Did Avrami get me to schedule yet for this morning? I don't know if Avrami is Oh, here we go. He certainly did. Coming up at 9 o'clock, Naomi Nachman, brand new table for two. David Saltman and Ronnie uh, Pekus from DS Taman. Ari White from Got Shullant. Oh, my gosh, Ari. Remember Ari from Got Shullant? And Arya Goldshine from Goldshine's Homestead. They are all part of table for two between 9 and 10 and a brand new edition of table for two with Naomi Nachman coming up right after JMDM. The Arab Shabbos Show with Mark Zamek. Brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. That happens at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Erev Shabbos music mix all day long. Saturday night, Siegel, we've told you, with Avrami and Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler. Tomorrow night, 9.30. And um, a Sunday, it's Matis with the 500th JM Sunday. Wow. Mazel Tov Matis. And a big thank you to Matis for that. A big thank you. What a great milestone. Celebrate with Matis Sunday morning by tuning into JM Sunday right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. And I certainly hope you will. Um, feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nachum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Rabbi Cash says, Mazel Tov, Nachum, and your entire family. Enjoy the Simcha. Thank you. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you very much for that. Um, oh, and, and I had just found that song, and now I, I lost the song again. Uh, I start paying attention to the app, and all of a sudden... I lose the song. Journeys off volume number five. It's Erev Shabbos, Jamin.
Shechem is the fate of all mankind. No one can avoid the bustle and the grind. Rushing to meetings, closing the deal. On the phone, on the road, buying, selling, spinning wheels. It's easy to lose balance, chasing money and success. But there's a special treasure with which we have been blessed. And as each day passes, joy fills the air. Waiting for the moment to stand up and declare. Baruch Hashem, it's Days every week We work hard and struggle Just to make ends meet But once out of seven We all become kings Who greet Shabbos Amalco By rising up to sing When I hear the boss, I jump To shop or go to school I'm always parking by a pump But all of the worry Goes down the drain When my wife and children join me In singing the refrain Making sure our lives have purpose With meaning and with depth Hashem loves us Knows just what we need So let these words be on the lips Of every single yid Good job We were planning 
of the above We get to bond with those we love And there's one more plus Our parents spend more time with us Baruch Hashem It's Shabbat Baruch Hashem It's Shabbat Shabbat Shalom Good Shabbat
J.M. in the A.M. Moshe Klein with Bowie Kala. Before that, Baruch Hashem at Shabbos from Journeys, volume number five. Malcolm Holmline coming up. We've got the uh, weekly update on the way. I want to thank everybody who's been calling, texting, WhatsApping, and commenting on the app with Mazel Tov wishes. Yonina Siegel and Eitan Zuckerman are a recently engaged couple. Mazel Tov to my wonderful in-laws, the grandparents of the Kala. Gail and Itzy Weintraub, Mazel Tov to uh, the extended Siegel, Weintraub, and Markowitz families. And of course, to Rachel and Lavi Zuckerman and the entire extended Zuckerman family in Chicago. Mazel Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Yeah, I'm hitting a wall. <laughs> but the weekly update should pick me up. <laughs> Please, God. More coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM. Here's Todd Katz.
JM in the AM. Eitan Katz, Me'ain Olam Haba here at JM in the AM. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Feel free to comment on the app. Thanks, everybody, for the Mazel Tov wishes on the app. Much appreciated. NSN Loyalist says Mazel Tov Nachum from a loyal listener. I like that. <laughs> Literally living up to their name. Thank you so much for that. Much appreciated. Uh, Malcolm actually asked me earlier in the week, uh, you know, are we on for Friday with the weekly update? He was concerned about me being sober after the big celebration last night. I don't know if I am or if I'm not, uh, if it'll make a difference, frankly, with the conversation regarding current events. Uh, But one of the, uh, and I mean this seriously, one of the um, most wonderful things about last night and in general, having the opportunity and the privilege of being the co-host of a Simcha is that the family and friends gather, and it was just amazing having Frady and Malcolm Honline with us last night. We did make it convenient. For those of you curious about where it was, we actually made it in Brooklyn, New York. But Malcolm, I guarantee you when he gets on the air, he's going to reiterate that, uh, as he did to me last night, that it was the one night they they weren't in Brooklyn for an event. (laughs) They were somewhere else. But anyway, we tried. We tried. Anybody who walked in from Brooklyn, we said, hey, we did this for your convenience. Anyway, it was wonderful to have Frady and Malcolm Honline and so many people celebrating with us, um, and I thank them so much. A reminder about our friends at jewishworldreview.com. If you're looking for thousands of articles about Israel and the Jewish world to print out before a Shabbos, go to jewishworldreview.com and utilize the opportunity to brush up on so many issues of the day. And again, a big thank you to our friends at jewishworldreview.com. The aforementioned Malcolm Honline is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of major American Jewish organizations with us for the weekly update on Fridays here at JM and the AM. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM and the AM. Uh, thank you on this very special morning, and uh, I, I am glad to see you upright. I wasn't sure, but uh, <laughs> you acted with great restraint last night, but except for the simple, which was really uh, amazing, and uh, you should have a lot of nachas and only some achot in, uh, in your family. And I mean. It was really very impressive and uh, yeah, good family. Hey, Malcolm, we're doing everything we can for the topic of Jewish continuity. You know, it's a topic you and I talk about all the time. We're doing everything. For the reality, not the topic. That's You're right. With the reality. That's, That's right. what we have to, to do these days. And by the way, and I know when you're on, I often wax philosophic, and we do have a lot to cover regarding the news. But don't think, anybody out there, don't think this doesn't cross Malcolm's mind when he's at an event like last night. Because you, you don't just look at the individual simply. You're, 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 you're thinking and, and envisioning, especially with your family's history, Jewish continuity and how wonderful it is to celebrate not just last night, but the whole process and, of course, Bezrat Hashem, future generations. Uh, first of all, it's the ultimate revenge on history, both uh, of 80 years ago and more recent and, and past. And that uh, Jewish continuity is the purpose that we're here and that to see generation after generation when we had been written off. As you know, not not even 50 years ago, yeah. the future of, uh, of Orthodox Jewry, the future of Jewry was, was put in question. We still have questions, but I think people see the immense, immense growth and the generations that follow, um, it's it's reaffirming, and it, it is um, a challenge for us, actually, to make sure that that is the case. And Malcolm, uh, last night you saw my in-laws, and you saw my sister-in-law and her, and her daughter and granddaughter, and uh, how commonplace is it to walk into a room 
with members of the Jewish community these days and four generations, like an automatic these days, four generations are sitting there having a great time. So when we grew up, we didn't have three generations. Right. I, I didn't. I don't think more than one or two people in my class in school or, or as we grew up had grandparents. And today we take that for granted and a remark about when they're great grandparents, but they're even, I was a, a Simcha recently where there were great, great grandparents. And it's, um, I mean, it's still unique yep. but coming out of a generation that lost a lost generation in between it's even more impressive. I was at an event recently where there were three great grandmothers to a kid in the room, in the room, which was amazing. Wow. And, um, and, uh, I, I always say this, but I mean, I'm just basically, you know, uh, uh, saying it in a different way that you said it, but I always say this. And that is that, uh, I remember a time and I'm, you know, I'm not from that many generations back. I remember a time when kids in our community did not realize that a parent could have a parent, you know, like you say, there are only one or two mm -hmm. in the class, but they, they didn't realize it. They didn't understand that, you know, what parents could have parents anyway. So Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, Mazel Tov to Yonina, to Eitan and. And uh, we look forward to celebrate Please God in November. And uh, Malcolm, I'll make, I'll make sure that you clear your schedule for the appropriate dates so that we could celebrate together. Please, God. God well. There you go. All right. Uh, speaking of celebration, November 1st, a big celebration in Israel. <laughs> I don't know if we call it a celebration, but it's certainly going to be an interesting day. Um, so it's postponed instead of October the 25th. In fact, it's the following week, November 1st. We're talking about the new elections in Israel. Tell us about the new prime minister. He's now officially, if I have this right, he's now officially uh, the prime minister. It's Prime Minister Lapid who now leads Israel. Uh, what, what should we expect over the next few months, if anything? And what do you think of the transition that took place this week? Well, Israel proves it's a democracy, a vibrant democracy, but also a solid one that you can have a transition of power. Uh, without any uh, gunfire, without uh, a lot of verbal gunfire, but not uh, actual gunfire, which is rare in the Middle East, and that the the uh, people of Israel will move to an election, and the the jockeying will start, and the, the democratic process will start immediately as they move towards November first. Uh, but with the Omtovim and with summer vacations and everything, they they will have a concentrated period in which to. Uh, to campaign, to get the message, to try and distinguish themselves from one another. We'll see which parties survive and which individuals survive into the next election. Uh, I think that the people in Israel are very tired, and I hope they will come out, despite this being you know, the, uh, one of many elections in recent years. But I think they, Bennett got a lot of credit from people because he did it in a mensch way, turning it over to Lockheed not uh, dragging it out and not um, and living up to the commitment that is supposedly in the coalition agreements, but he didn't have to do it the way he did. And he announced also that he will not be running anymore and turned over to Ayala Chaked, the leadership of uh, Yamina. Mm. We'll see what, what's going to be left of, of Yamina when this is over. But Lapidus has a long history, has seemingly changed from what he was many years ago, he was a journalist, by the way, and uh, came into politics with, with very little other experience in this regard, except covering politics. Uh, he was a popular figure. Uh, his father was Tommy Lapid, mm. who was uh, quite extreme in his views. This is 
it's not the the same positions that uh, that Yair has taken, and he has been reaching out to other groups. Whether what he will be like as a prime minister will be hard to tell. He has six months, uh, virtually six months, to an unfettered because without Knesset in session, the cabinet can just act within reasonable bounds. But they have a lot more freedom in in terms of taking uh, certain actions. Uh, so the you know we're going to see what happens, how the campaigning goes, what the role of Netanyahu will be. Will they be able to forge? any one of a dozen different possible combinations of different groups. There are negotiations that are going on and they, some even collapsed already in the first 24 hours between different individuals about forming uh, the coalescing to see who could either put Netanyahu over the 61 mark, a, a coalition led by Netanyahu so far, no matter what people add up, he doesn't get beyond 59 and you know, you need 61. So all of this is stuff that will clarify in, and and also perhaps his, his uh, status in, in the various trials, most of which are going very well for him. But the um, the one with the gifts, I think, is, is the one people are watching. So the, those who speculate that Yamina and uh, Likud together can get 63 seats, you're saying that that's not reality. I didn't say it's not reality. I said, it, it, you know, this is all speculative. But meaning, but, but meaning it's a long shot because right now we're hovering in the 59-60 area. No, not with Yamina, but we just don't know what's going to be left of Yamina and how many seats that that gives them. And also you have a lot of people who, who are willing to join with the Likud, but not with the Likud led by Netanyahu. Mm. And that... It even goes to people who were very close to him, like Yudon Tsar and uh, Yuli Edelstein. And these guys have already come out and said they won't participate. Barkat, near Barkat, who is a pretender also for the leadership, um, is, is more amenable to, to continuing, I think, in some form under uh, an interim Netanyahu-led coalition. So Netanyahu could become a senior statesman. Netanyahu could become the candidate, the the coalescer of, of a coalition, or he could, um, you know, he could, I doubt that he would continue as a backbencher, as a opposition leader yeah. and just being, uh, on the bench. What does all, all this say about Bennett's, uh, prime ministerial leadership? I mean, uh, some would speculate and some analysts have that by the very fact that he's leaving politics and because of, uh, you know, some of the things that went wrong during his, during his term, that he was simply an ineffective prime minister. Is that fair to call him an ineffective prime minister? Well, he gets high marks from some uh, in, in the media and some of the analysts for sustaining the coalition, for bringing together a very varied coalition, showing that people could work together from left and right in one coalition. I don't know that it's been proven because the government you know, lasted one year. Uh, it is the shortest prime ministership in history. So he does get into the Guinness book of records and, <laughs> the Israeli and only to be taught perhaps by Lapid who could be a six month <laughs> prime minister, uh, depending upon what happens on November 1st. And so I, I think, you know, we, we have to wait till the dust settles as people judge what he did, how he did it, that taking on Iran, taking on some uh, building the domestic, the coalitions, uh, in the region, uh, the domestic tranquility, these these are all things that have to be measured. Some will say that it was a holding action. 
Others will say, well, he, he tried to form consensus and try to move Israeli politics in a new direction. And will some of those things be reversible? Will the participation of, of Arab parties in governments now be a taboo that's broken? And will we see others try to, to build the 61 votes, including them as well? All unknowns at this point. Yeah. Uh, with the Lapid government or the Lapid prime ministerial uh a caretakership, should we call it that, uh, now in full swing. Um, is, is is Israel in any... I mean, I know that you've described how the cabinet can act. Um, and I and I assume that that's also for Israel's security, right? That they, if God forbid something happens, that they're able to implement certain things, right? That's not just... Completely. Right. It doesn't affect the functioning. Right. So, I mean, should we expect anything? I mean, outside, again, God forbid, of, you know, something that requires them to step in, should we expect much over the next six months? Or he, it's, he's really a caretaker, and, you know, don't expect there to be much of a difference, uh, you know, in terms of whether there would be a prime minister or not. On the security front, things move ahead, and there's too much right now going on for it not to be the case in Israel's obviously situation uh, for all of its history required that in any circumstances that the security be able to function fully, decisions need to be made. So the new prime minister will have the ability to make decisions and to authorize actions by the military, Um, maybe even more so than... Uh, right. Before, but the but um, and and the situation in the north, you know that Hezbollah has built 15 outposts along the border with Lebanon. These are uh, listening posts, but more than that, we don't know what's inside the UNIFIL troops that are stationed there. Just stand there and watch them as they put up these places. They may have underground facilities in, in, included in some of them, but they are literally just a, a stone's throw from the border, and sometimes on the border. Um, usually near military bases, so they they are monitoring the activities and and being able to report on it, including one that was built just near where the three soldiers were kidnapped. Uh, so the even though it doesn't get a lot of headlines, we should not think that the military threat ever diminishes because Iran is always going to look for vulnerabilities, um, whether it's through Hamas, Hezbollah, through Yemen, through any of its other proxies. Uh, And we see how they're building up their military capacity, even at this time. And they don't care who the prime minister is. America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web, and AlchemSiegel.com, and the AlchemSiegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Mayor Fertig sitting in Monday on the 4th of July. Mathis is 500th JM Sunday. We're celebrating this coming Sunday at 7 a.m. Eastern time. Keep that in mind here at the Nahum Siegel Network. By the way, did you see, I don't know if this was a headline, but I remember writing it down when I when I saw it. Israeli spies are causing unemployment in Iran. Did you see that? <laughs> they're, uh, they're, I mean, I, I thought, in all seriousness, I thought that when Israeli spies infiltrate and someone ends up you know, being on the wrong end, I thought their life is over. I didn't realize that sometimes they get away with just being unemployed after that. So the, the well, first of all, the reason that they're saying it is the the they fired um, a key the key leader Taib, who was a minister for many years for ten years he led the Basijis and he's been the head of the security services and they over the it, it's been ascribed to the botched operations in Turkey where supposedly assassin assassin uh, groups were um, sent to. 
kidnap, attack, kill Israelis right. in Turkey on right. vacation so, and Israeli officials. So why doesn't he get executed? Why does he get, why does he get off, uh, you know, just losing his job? Oh, don't worry. What, what you see is not necessarily what he gets. Uh. And he's, um, you know, he's been complaining about it and saying he, he begged for another year. And they they obviously did not uh, give it to him this after, as I said, 10 years. Right. He's not the only head to, to, in the security area to flow. And the fact that they're talking about it publicly is, to me, very important. That uh, it's a message that people got and the um, that and the, and that they acknowledged that Israel was able to hit, and as you know, that they have had multiple operations. There were explosions in in and around Tehran again. There were um, as as they reveal the facilities, whether Fordo or or Natanz are both back online with more and more advanced centrifuges and more and more um, uranium being enriched and faster, and bringing them always closer to the to the breakout point, the fact that they are launching another missile with a cradle in it, but no, for a satellite, but no satellite because that same cradle can hold a bomb. And that's one of the components of getting a, a nuclear capacity is the launch vehicle that will carry it, the weaponization, which is where they're short, and the enriched uranium which they've proven the, the capacity to do. Why do they turn down all this money from the United States? They don't turn it down yet. What, but, but, but the, why does the media portray it as if the U.S. is tossing money at Iran and they just don't well, accept Well, there is. There's a lot of incentivizing, and uh, you know, it could amount to hundreds of billions of dollars over the next few years. Yeah, they say even up to a trillion by 2030. But, but, but and the reason is, number one, that oil prices have gone up so much that their income is up about $30 billion this year. They are transferring the stuff from Russia in, to bypass the sanctions, and they make money there. And they've increased the amount that they're exporting, especially to China and the U.S., and the others have not done anything really to stop it. They, they turn off the transponders so you can't actually trust, tra- tra- trace the, the specific ships. But we know, and we know the amounts that are, are being exported. Uh, so the, the amount of money that has come in, and they say the non-oil exports have also increased more than 30% this year. And they talked even some said record amounts uh, of uh, goods that, that they were able to, to sell. So number one, it's that they're not, the, the sanctions are not being enforced sufficiently. And you have Europeans and others who are buying from them, but mostly China and, and others in their Venezuelan thing, you know, they, they boast that they're part of the, they're trying to become part of both the Shanghai group, the BRICS group, the others, you know, to break out of their isolation. And you saw the, the um, meetings that have been taking place where the Raisi right was in Turkmenistan for the meeting of the literal states to the Caspian, where 270 million people live in those literal states. And Iran is trying to use those nearby countries as places where they can sell their goods and make money. I um um what was it? I was about to ask you something, but um anyway, so yes, okay, so that's the situation with Iran, and uh, their presence in South America continues to expand. I saw a story about Brazil and how they're trying to court. Is it they're trying to to um to get more involved in the in a relationship with the government of Brazil because of the number of people and the number of resources that they control? Hundred percent, they are they're active everywhere and the fact that we're talking about 
resuming relationship with Venezuela and to to um, benefit Venezuela by buying their oil and stuff is, is outrageous. I think we backed off of the purchase uh, that was proposed, but Brazil is facing an election. Bolsonaro, who's the president, is very pro-Israel, but like all the other pro-Israel people, or most of them in the elections in the last year or so, it doesn't look like he will be reelected. He will take very stiff challenge, but we lost in Colombia, we've lost in Chile, we've lost in Costa Rica, friendly governments. We're left with almost none in South America, and Turkey and Iran are both taking advantage of it, but Iran has huge infrastructure, Hezbollah infrastructure, training camps, et cetera, in South America. And um, the the um, fact that Argentina is holding a plane of Venezuela because the pilot was associated with the IRGC and they're saying it's in a violation of um, that the ship, the plane was in violation of U.S. sanctions because it used to be owned by Mahan Air, which is under sanctions, and they just changed the name. Uh, and this is the only airplane that my, that uh, this company um, has. So it's clearly just a front uh, operation. But what's happening in South America should be of much greater concern to people as in the United States. And unfortunately, it isn't. Yeah, including Washington. Um, you mentioned earlier the uh, uh, the attempt in Turkey, Israeli citizens and diplomats traveling there, etc. Is, is Israel's ready to lift the travel warning. I'm curious, it's meaning to Turkey, I'm just curious. Is it, we 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 get the impression, especially when Israel's involved, that the United States, you know, issues travel warnings willy nilly, like they just, you know, they panic right away and, and toss one out there. Is Israel like that as well, or if they're issuing a travel warning in, to a place like Turkey, they are, you know, it, it's a very serious situation. It's a rarity that Israel would issue one. Well, certainly with Turkey, it's especially sensitive, and Turkey did cooperate with Israel, and they caught. They arrested a number of Iranians in a cell that they think were operative, and that's why they've lessened the warning for travel to Turkey, even though there are still some who, who are reluctant because the, you know if, if that was Iran's objective, it's not so hard for them to do it. Still, but but because it's been so exposed, I think they're backing off, and that, and that was one of the reasons why Taib was uh, among the two key security operatives who, who was removed. So the, the uh, Israel does not lightly issue warnings. In, in it's one thing if it's a health warning because of an outbreak of uh, of COVID, let's say, but it's it's a different story when it's a security alert, and you know you have a lot of of Israelis in Turkey, a lot, and of course it creates panic, and and people were locked in their hotels for days because they couldn't get out, and they they were afraid. And there are others who just went around about their lives day to day as before. The Jewish community certainly didn't change what they were doing. Right, understood. Uh, anything of note at the NATO meeting aside from the uh, anti-Russia rhetoric? Uh, anything having to deal specifically with Israel, Iran, etc. at NATO? Well, we still see the weakness on the part of the Europeans to stand up to to it to 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 the um, to the Iranians to the activities that they engage in in the countries in the NATO countries uh, there is more and more concern being expressed but the French of course ready kowtowing and, and saying that they're prepared to negotiate even though we know that Iran has been active in France and other European countries carrying out activities both against the um, dissident Iranians but also uh, espionage and other activities that they are in complete violation of the agreements in every respect 
uh, of the nuclear agreements, but even beyond that. And I think the, you know, their reaction to the meetings that took place this week in, in Bahrain with UAE, Bahrain, United States, Morocco, Egypt, Israel, the negative forms steering committee getting together, showing that this is an ongoing process and the stepping up the cooperation and everything from security and food to uh, clean energy, the, um, the, um, fact that, that that all of these meetings are taking place is, is a reflection of how seriously people take the threat of Iran. That is the, the glue that is bringing people uh, together. And hopefully now more positive activities because we're seeing the trade, we're seeing the other exchanges between Israel and, and these countries expanding remarkably. Do the other NATO countries also blame uh, uh, Putin for everything or that's uh, something unique to the United States? Anything detrimental going on, it seems, you know, he gets the blame. And I'm wondering if other countries are taking, other countries' leaders are taking the same approach. Well, they do. They, they blame, well, obviously they have to blame him. It's his decision and he is. Uh, no, no, no. I mean, when it's a bad economy or gas prices are high or things are not going well, it seems like the excuse from Washington is always Putin. I'm wondering if other. Oh, and that, not to the same, not in the same way in that regard. We're unique in that way, huh? Well, no, I wouldn't say unique. Germany was, <laughs> was slower because they were so dependent on. Oh, right. Energy from, uh, right. from Russia. Everyone's got to watch and, their public statements, right. That's and, right. But now they're, they're all looking for alternative sources and all stuff that they should have been doing all along in any event. Um, but now looking to Israel, which is really remarkable that Israel becomes an energy supplier to, to Europe, right. which, um, you know, wasn't willing to help and didn't allow certain steps to be taken that could have advanced uh, the use of, of Middle East oil and it's brought together Egypt, which has the LNG, the liquefied natural gas capacity, and there are various pipelines still being discussed with Greece and Israel, Cyprus being at the core of it. Um, so, no, it's things that are happening that were not anticipated, and a lot of the Europeans are probably not thrilled with having to be dependent on Israel, um, but they, it, is, it is a reality, and I think... Um, uh, Europe has to come to to a reckoning, and the fact that NATO takes steps that fly in the face of, of Putin, uh, even though it will take many years for Sweden and Finland to be a member, and uh, Putin is already putting forward other proposals, you know, compromise and setting red lines. He's so bogged down in in uh, the Ukraine war. Uh, he has been exposed, his army is exposed, even though that they have reversed the, the tide of the war and are occupying more and more of Ukraine and taking back and taking uh, key cities in Donbass. Uh, still, the, um, I, I don't think anybody's going to say that their military equipped them, uh, acquitted themselves with uh, distinction. What would your grandparents have said that uh, if they knew that Israel would be uh, supplying power and energy to European countries? His history is funny, huh? Or, or supplying helmets and right. other material to the Ukraine would have, I think, shocked a lot of people not so long ago. Uh, but I think that this is part of the miracle. I mean, we, we don't even take note anymore, and that's why I mentioned the meetings in Bahrain uh, when I mentioned somebody last night, they, they didn't know anything about it. People who do follow these things. It, it's really unbelievable if you see all the areas of cooperation. But the fact that they 
to get together in the capital of Bahrain, an Arab country, an Israeli diplomat, sit with the with the Egyptians, the UAE, Bahrain, Morocco, others uh, are there, and there, and there are all sorts of forums going on simultaneously. It, it's it's truly amazing when when our kids don't believe that there was no this was not always the case. We have such a responsibility to to teach them history and let them and, know. And look at the story of Iron Beam. You know, we all talk about Iron Dome now that Israel's is talking about selling the UAE and Saudi Arabia Iron Beam, which is the laser a, a laser system. It's still not even available, and they're already talking. And the demand is is to to acquire it, and it's really the key. Because to respond to the to the onslaught of rockets, which Saudi Arabia faces and the others face as well from Iran, this is the only cost-effective answer. All right, a couple of quick things: the gas leak, the 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 killer gas leak in Jordan, that was simply an accident. As far as we know, nothing else. And the Ben and Jerry's will sell in Israel to the much much to the chagrin of Ben and Jerry, right? <laughs> and the company, as uh, but its parent company Unilever. Um, Agreed to sell to the to Zinger, meaning they're not the ones producing it, right. and he is only allowed to put the name Ben and Jerry's in Hebrew and Arabic, not in English, on the containers. I have no clue what that significance uh, means, but yes. it's it's sort of a gesture to the bad guys. But what's important, I think, here is the fact that Unilever announced that it will, it never has and does and will not support BDS and boycotts of Israel, and that it continues to employ 2,000 people in Israel, and all its products are available. It's an important message to others who may have thought of succumbing to the pressures of the of the BDS movement. Yeah, no question about it, and, and it's something important to keep in mind. Finally, Malcolm, I, I need your comment on this because um, much has been written about how there's so, so many fewer Jewish members of Congress now, and that number is probably going to dwindle even more uh, as we get to the general election November 8th. Um, and, and I made a comment to someone who's really in the political realm. I said, you know, sometimes it's better for us to do all the fighting and all the advocating from outside the position of power. And they said, no, if you're not in the game, meaning if you don't have somebody in the game in Washington, it's really hard to have the effect that I, uh, you know, am suggesting. I was curious your, your opinion on the matter. Well, if it's uh, somebody who doesn't have to be Jewish to be a supporter of Israel, and right. if you look at who are some of the key people introducing the, the, the legislation, they're not Jewish members. Uh, and I, I don't know if overall the number of Jewish members from New York, it's certainly true, will be down to, to one or zero. Right. Um, and and uh, but around the country, Jews are being elected in really remarkable places and, and without big Jewish constituencies. So I'm not sure that the Jewish presence will diminish, but sometimes it's really non-Jews who take the lead and are more willing to, to you know, be be confrontational in support of Israel. We saw it now with some of the measures that have been taking, taken. Uh, when you look at who's fighting for, to assure that the aid to Israel is, is uh, unconditional, uh, on many of the recent measures, you see that non-Jews have been playing a very critical role. Also, some Jews have been uh, very supportive. So I'm not particularly worried. I'm more worried about who gets elected and right. what their credentials uh, are, what their religion is, uh, as we've seen over time. But it's, it's going to be, a, a, it could be a big game changer this November election. I hope people will go out and register. Those who didn't vote, just look at, at how few people voted, which means that a few get the voice, get the power. But a few more 
could change the outcome yeah. of the election. So when you complain about certain races and the people who, who got elected, number one, we're not producing the candidates, and two, if we don't produce the vote, then we have no reason, we have no right to, to complain about the result. So it's really a message to us when you have big transitions possible, people talk about switches of 70 votes in the House or 60 votes, but whatever, and in the Senate it could be as well. It's still a long time till November and we shouldn't predict it, and that's why everybody should be involved following it and that the elections at the local level are really critical uh, as well. So people should should not dismiss the primary. We have the congressional primary coming up in August in New York. That's Nobody right. knows it. Right. Nobody knows it. And the turnout, as I saw in my district, when I came there, I think it was number 30 in the afternoon. People don't realize it. The, the power that you could wield as a, uh, as a voter, especially in a low turnout election, is so amazing, and people just don't get it. Hopefully our community will learn more and more about just how much of an effect we can have, especially in the low turnout elections. Uh, Malcolm, I thank you. Um, uh, I guess we're on for next week, please, God, and have a wonderful Shabbos. Have a good Shabbos and happy 4th. Oh, yeah. We should have a 5th and the 4th. But, That's right. But, uh, we should thank the God for America, too. We have to yeah. always no have a Karasatov and not dismiss it. No question about it. Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations with us Fridays, 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time for the weekly update here at JM in the AM. That's the 4th of July, everybody, coming up. 4th of July weekend. We should uh, continue to appreciate the United States of America, no doubt about that. Mayor Fertig will be sitting in Monday. I thank him for the day off. Mayor Fertig will sit in Monday, 4th of July. Matis this coming Sunday with his 500th episode of JM Sunday. Pretty amazing. Uh, join Mark Zamek for the Arab Shabbos show. That's a 10 o'clock Eastern time this morning. Right after the brand new table for two with Naomi Nachman. Naomi Nachman is coming up next at 9 a.m. Brand new. And then Mark Zamek with the Ketem presentation of the Arab Shabbos show here at the Nahum Siegel Network. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman makes traditional kosher delicacies, pastrami, corned beef, salami, and more. Old world classics, beef fry, kishka, and more. And modern, better-for-you kosher products, including no nitrate added, reduced fat, and reduced sodium hot dogs, plus many other unique items. Get ready for a massive grilling Sunday and 4th of July we- and Monday and 4th of July weekend with our friends at A&H. Make sure you have plenty of A&H hot dogs and other meat items in your freezer and your fridge all set for this coming weekend. Erev Shabbos Parshas Korach outside of Israel. Candle lighting time at 8.11 here in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are. This time each every Friday, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomri Torah, spiritual leader emeritus, Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Korach. Parshas Korach is one of those difficult parshios in the Torah that we read every year. But each and every year it has a very important, powerful lesson for us. Just by way of introduction, according to the Chinuch, Parshas Korach contains nine mitzvos, five positive mitzvos, and four restrictions. I'd like to, first of all, ask the question, when did the uh, rebellion of Korach take place? So, interestingly, according to the Ebenezer, this took place not 
where it is found in Bamidbar chapter 16, following the incident of the Maraglim. But according to the Ben Ezra, it happened earlier in the book of Bamidbar, when after the sin of the golden calf, Moshe was told by Hashem to transfer the leadership from the Bechor, the firstborn of each family, to Shevet Levi. This is what Korach found himself the opportunity to gain support among the people. After all, what could Korach offer the Jewish people in the desert? Could he give them a Carvel, a Starbucks? What could he give them in the desert? And the answer is, given that they were, if you may, in a religious cocoon, meaning that their lives were not physical, but metaphysical, Korach comes and says to the many families that were disappointed that after all, my son, not the doctor, my son, not the lawyer, but my son working in the Mikdash, working in the Mishkan in the desert, and Mirz Hashem will work in the Beis Hamikdash, ooh, that was something very prestigious. This Moshe took away. Now Korach is offering that to the Hamun Am that you too can have a representative. According to the Ramban, he follows the order of the text and points out that the incident of Korach happened after the tragic incident of the Maraglim and notes that whereas after the Cheto Egel, Moshe Davins for all of Kla Yisrael and Moshe's prayer is accepted by a Kodesh Baruch Hu, here Moshe does not Davin for Kla Yisrael to try to uh, overturn the edict of 40 years in the desert as they had spied out the land for 40 years. And so, at this point here, Moshe's popularity among the people had sunken very, very much. And he felt now was the time that it was right for him to try to advance his own cause and hid it within the uh, battle cry of Halo Kichola Eida Kulam Kedoshim. The entire nation of Israel are all holy. We were all at Sinai, all heard directly from God the Ten Commandments, Uvesocham Hashem, and Hashem is in their midst, Umadua Tisna 
Why have you literally um, taken for yourself not only the leadership, but given kuhuna, priesthood, to your brother? The time was right for Korach's um, rebellion against Moshe. Now, our rabbis teach us, my friends, that Ein HaKadosh Baruch Hu Neis Birdi. HaKadosh Baruch Hu does not provide a miracle for no reason. And so, you have to ask yourself, what's going on in Pasha's Korach? No less than three miracles, one after the other, are presented in this parsha. Firstly, Moshe speaks to Hashem and says it very clearly. If Korach and his Ada should die a natural death, I am not your leader. However, Imbriah Yivro Hashem, unbelievable. Moshe was asking for Hashem to create something new. And if the earth is going to literally swallow them up alive, ah, and Hashem responds in kind, the first miracle, in order to teach and show the people very clearly, as the Gemara in Bava Basra tells us that at the opening of the grave where Korah and his men were swallowed, what do we have? You hear the voice of Moshe Emes, Visoraso Emes. Moshe is true, his Torah is true, and we and our group were false. So this is the first miracle that Hashem creates. And now we go further in the parsha, and the people complain. And by the way, well, we might as well get to it right now. To prove that we are dealing with well-meaning individuals that Korach was able to convince the 250 men who are challenged to bring Ketores. So they are motivated by their pure religious desire for greater Kirvas Elohim, for greater closeness to Hashem, as indeed we see that HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to Moshe, tell Aaron to take the pans which they have used, the 250 men, Ki Kodeshu, they become, what? Kodosh. Now wait a second, why should they have a status of a clay shares, of a vessel that was used to serve God? So the Nitziv says in his commentary very clearly, because that exactly was their intention. And how does the Torah describe it? In chapter 17, verse 3, Machtos, the pans, 
of these sinners show some with their souls. Their souls wanted more. The problem is they did it their way, unfortunately, and not in the prescribed way. So we have the second miracle coming in the Revi'i, in the fourth Aliyah, whereby, unfortunately, there's a magefa, a plague. And Moshe tells Aaron to take Ketores, to go, and as a result, Baruch Hashem, the Ketores stops the plague. But the damage is done, and 14,700 die in the plague. Second miracle, that of the Ketores. And now we have a third miracle, namely, this was not enough, these two, to show the people that there's a Kohen, don't touch his turf. There's a Levi, don't touch his turf. If you're not a Kohen, and if you're not a Levi, the third one is that Hashem says to Moshe, each tribe shall bring forth a mate, literally an inanimate staff, bring them to the Mishkan, put the name of each tribe on it, and leave them overnight at the Mishkan. Sure enough, in the morning, what does the Torah tell us? In chapter 17, verse 23, in the morning, the staff of Aaron blossomed, brought forth buds and almonds, miraculously, all at the same time. But once again, the other staffs remain just that, an inanimate object. So we have three miracles, the opening of the earth, the incense being brought to stop the plague, and now the staff of Aaron. And still take a look in the in Shishi, at the very end of chapter 17, the people are very nervous. And what do they say to Moshe? We perish, and Ovadnu, we're lost. Kulano Ovadnu, we're all lost. What does that mean? More will die. And therefore, Hashem answers and says the following. You should know that there is Shevet Levi, and they will assure by their Shmirah, by their guarding literally the Mishkan, literally the Mikdash, and they're guarding the people. And you'll see how many times it says in that paragraph, in the beginning of chapter 18, the Lashon of Vishamru, that they will be the guardians making sure that, number one, people don't cross over into the sanctuary where they're prohibited from entering, but more important, that they're going to follow the right way. Now, I really believe that this is not something which happened only historically to ensure 
and safeguard the integrity of the kahuna, which it has till this very day, but beyond that, they were well-meaning, and there are people today as well that are well-meaning. There are women that every Rosh Chodesh take a Sefer Torah and go to the Kotel. And I really believe that there are a good number of them that are well-meaning. There are, in every generations many, many hot issues, including right now, the moment, the issue of abortion. And people get very, not just emotional, but excited about this. And the Torah is teaching us that in each and every generation we have Levim. And if you take a look at the very last halacha of the Rambam in Hilchos, Shemitah V'yovel, he says that when the Torah speaks about the Levim, it doesn't mean only those who are genetically born a Levi, but rather those individuals who dedicate their life to the service of God, those who are the Chachme Hamasora, the religious leaders of every generation that have studied the Torah and, and plumbed its deaths in the halachic and hashkafic manner of Torah, they are there to lead Kla Yisrael. So the religious energy, the great desire of Kirvas Elokim that the people wanted at the time of Korach, that is wonderful. The problem is they were misled by the wrong leader. And the Parsha is teaching us that in every generation, Baruch Hashem, Lo Almon Yisrael, HaKadosh Baruch Hu provides the proper leadership for Klal Yisrael, and that very important message emanating from the first chapter of, Kla, of Pirkei Ovos, of Aseilach Rav. It's so important that each family, each individual, has a Rav that they feel close with, that they can go to not only for their Basar Bacholov, Kashrus questions, and but rather all kinds of questions, including usage of birth control, including the idea of what is the halachic response to abortion, and most important, to keep us and our religious zeal and enthusiasm, which is only positive, but to make sure it's being channeled in the right direction. Shabbat Shalom to all. Oh, yeah.
Zosha with uh, Yishai Rebo being featured on that piece. So Lachadodi here at JM in the AM. It's a nice Lachadodi. That I agree. 
JM the AM, 8-11 candle lighting time in this era of Shabbos. 8-11 candle lighting time in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Era of Shabbos, Parshas Korach. Matis celebrates number 500. JM Sunday's 500th episode this coming Sunday at 7 a.m. Eastern time. Make sure to wish him well. You can be in touch with him via the app. Yeah, why not? It's a good way to comment and uh, let him know you're out there during JM Sunday this coming Sunday. Happy 500 to Matis. Uh, Naomi Nachman is brand new. Brand new edition of the uh, Table for Two program. Uh, that is coming up uh, this morning at 9 o'clock Eastern time at the top of the hour. Danny Saltman and, and uh, Romy Picus from DS Taman, Ari White from Got Cholent, and Arye Goldshine from Goldshine's Homestead. All Naomi's guests coming up in the 9 o'clock hour right after JM and AM, just 18 minutes from now. The Arab Shabbos Show brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem is uh, hosted by Mark Zamek. At 10 a.m. Eastern Time, Erev Shabbos Music Mix brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Saturday Night Seagull, Avrami with Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler tomorrow night. And uh, JM Sunday, as we said, Matis with JM Sunday, the 500th episode. Mayor Fertig sits in on Monday, 4th of July. Thank you, Mayor. 4th of July. He sits in this coming Monday right here at JM in the AM. All right. Excellent. Lots going on, to say the least. Mazal Tov, Tionina Siegel, and Eitan Zuckerman. They are a recently engaged couple. Mazal Tov to uh, Stacy. Mazal Tov to Rachel and Lavi Zuckerman of Chicago, Illinois. Mazal Tov to my wonderful in-laws, grandparents of the Kala, Gail and Itzy Weintraub. Mazal Tov to the extended Siegel Weintraub and Markowitz families. Mazal Tov to the uh, Zuckerman family. And their extended family. And uh, Yonina and Eitan are now engaged for about 14 hours. <laughs> maybe a drop more. And we had the amazing opportunity to celebrate together last night. Uh, the Zuckermans in from Chicago, including some of their other children who were able to make it, which was great. And um, we were able, thank God, to be all together. Our, our um, two children who are up in... Uh, Camp Missora working for the summer. They were able to make it in, which we did not expect. So that was amazing. And Baruch Hashem, we are celebrating. We should always continue to celebrate. That I could tell you. We should always continue to celebrate. More coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM with Mayor Sherman.
a.m. in the a.m. with Mayor Sermon and uh, Curry Bone here on a Friday morning era of Shabbos. Um, don't forget our friends at artscroll.com. They've got the brand new Rabbi Nachman Seltzer, Zara Shimshon, and Asha Heil. It will change your Shabbos. It will change your Shabbos. If you can't get it for this Shabbos, get it for next Shabbos. Artscroll.com. Again, Zara Shimshon, Asha Heil, written by Rabbi Nachman Seltzer. It was great having him on the air yesterday uh you get your massive discount and your free shipping if you use promo code radio always use promo code radio at artscroll.com simple as that that's the rule that is the rule um listener patricia thank you for your mazel tov wishes on the app and thanks everybody's been commenting on the app this morning with all the Mazel tov wishes. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. Uh, and we will start to wrap things up, but not before we do this from the Wine Rib Brothers at JM in the AM. <laughs> Yes, I- 
Brothers made Olam Haba Friday morning Erev Shabbos My thanks again to everybody who's writing in regarding the uh, the big Simcha it's much appreciated Mazel Tov again to Yonina Siegel Eitan Zuckerman A recently engaged couple M. Dauber writes Mazal Tov, Mazal Tov, Asach Yiddish Nachas Much appreciated Nice to have that written in Yiddish on the app I like that JM and the AM on a Friday morning hour of Shabbos Time to say good Shabbos with Journeys at JM and the AM Very special sign. 
Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSingle.com on the NachumSingle Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing week here at JMAM. Again, a big thank you from Stacy, from myself, from the Zuckermans. To all of you for your good wishes regarding the engagement of Yonina and Eitan. Thank you. Thank you. Mazal tov. Mazal tov. We should continue to celebrate Smachot. Brand new table for two with Naomi Nachman is next. Mark Zamek, the Arab Shabbos show brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. That follows at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Arab Shabbos music mix brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem all through the day until candle lighting time. Tomorrow night, Saturday night, Siegel with Avrami and Rabbi Eliezer's Wickler. And on uh, Sunday, it's the 500th episode of JM Sunday, Mazal Tov to Matis. Monday morning, Mayor Fertig is in on the 4th of July, and I hope to speak to you Tuesday here at JM the AM. A wonderful Shabbos, a great weekend, everybody. Until uh, next week, Nahum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.